Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this For the Love of Children Friday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. Yes, the government loves... No, wait. No, they don't love our children because government's not really capable of love. That's parents' job. That's grandparents. That's aunts, uncles. We're going to dive into a conversation about how children are being attacked. Their youth is being attached to your tax dollars and how the government would like those children raised. Seems like an inappropriate fashion for government to be operating. But again, we talked about funding a couple of days ago on the show, all the government grants going to everywhere under the sun, including newsprint media, tax rebates, and other corporations. This media is not government subsidized. It is your donations that keep us on the air. And so we're going to have a a discussion about keeping children safe from government here after inspiration. Our inspiration is when the whole world sings. A commercial jingle in the 1970s inspired a generation created as part of a Coca-Cola's The Real Thing ad campaign. A British group called The New Seekers eventually sang it as a full-length song that climbed to the top of music charts around the world. But many will never forget the original television version sung by young people on a hilltop outside of Rome. Whimsical as it was, the visions of honeybees and fruit trees, we resonated with the songwriter's desire to teach the world to sing with the heart and harmony of love. The Apostle John describes something like idealized dream, only vastly greater. He envisioned a song sung by every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them. There's nothing whimsical about this anthem. Nothing could be more realistic than the price paid by the one to whom this song is sung. Neither could there be anything more foreboding than the visions of war, death, consequence, and his sacrifice of love would have to overcome. Yet this is what it took for the Lamb of God to bear our sin and defeat death, overcome our fear of death, and teach all heaven and earth to sing in perfect harmony. Heavenly Father, please help us to sense the wonder of what you've done to give us a song that can be sung in joy by everyone and every living creature. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we don't always sing that song here on Right Spokane Perspective. I think we're trying. We're doing our best with your support. And folks, again, this is a listener-supported program. So we need those donations so we can stay on the air because listeners oftentimes tell us that the only breakdown of local news and commentary about what's going on in the legislature they hear on this show so we want to continue to inform voters and we would like to stay on the air again through another election cycle where you your family or friends business whatever can send donations to right spokane perspective llc p.o box 7620-99207 to keep us on the air so that we can have all the candidates that are going to be running for office that are making decisions that affect us, the places we work, and our children. And we're going to jump into that conversation about children because we did just cover on Wednesday's show legislation that was going to be forcing radical ideologies on our students in public schools. But it's not just K-12 schools where our children are not safe 
from the evils and ills of bad government policy, it starts much younger. I know that Shannon's got an interesting article over there having to do with our young children. There are articles that we're going to get to. First off, we're going to start with, out of the, the Epic Times, they have a new spot called Life and Tradition. And what a wonderful picture. So on the front of it, it's a mom and a dad and a brand new baby. And of course, it's called For the Love of Children. Guiding children along their path brings immeasurable rewards. So here on Right Spokane Perspective, we deal with a lot of hard-hitting things, if you will, and what the government is doing. And sometimes it's the spin on this is going to be different. We're going in a positive direction. Well, that so comes for our children with what the state government's doing is not positive no. direction so for let's, their future. Let's talk about the positive before we get to the negative. So in Why Bother Having Kids, Jim Dalrymple, a writer for the Institute for Family Studies, kicks off his article with a kindred remark made by Pope Francis and Elon Musk. Two very different public figures, but with birth rates declining in so many countries, particularly the more affluent ones, both men believe the world needs more babies. Pope Francis says that without children, civilization becomes aged, while Mr. Musk seconds that notion. If people don't have more children, civilization is going to crumble. Maybe so, but Mr. Dalrymple rejects what he calls the Social Security argument. Who is going to have kids to save Social Security? No one, he says. He then proposes several other motivating factors for having and raising children. They're an investment in old age. Well, hold on. Before we go on, though, why do we have to save Social Security by having children? Didn't we pay into that? Where did that money go? Because the corrupt criminals, I mean candidates, politicians, whatever they are, that are running your government has absconded those funds. And so they're not using the money that you invested and giving it back to you after they've taken it over decades of time. No, 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 no. They have to have new money coming in to fund that social security because they've stolen the funds and sent them to, I don't know, countries around the world, foreign aid funded organizations, the, I don't know, proliferation of, LGBTQ curriculum in your schools. That's where your social security money went. So yes, got to have more children so that they have more people to steal from. I mean, tax so that we can get some of our money back before we die. But there's more motivating factors than that. So they're an investment in old age. For example, seniors look to their offspring to care for them. And the child parent relationship is an essential human experience these are valid reasons for having and raising kids, but they're all still big picture arguments unlikely to win in the hearts of couples considering parenthood. To answer his question, why bother having children? Let's examine some of the pleasures and benefits bestowed by children on the rest of us that are a literal closer to home. Well, part of the issue with some of that is in what they would say more developed uh, modern nations, successful nations, is that we have paid taxes for the government to raise our children in government schools with government programs. Now we have healthcare facilities inside of these government operations for children. So it's the government that's raising the children in the way they think 
children should go, not the parents, which is why parents and children are so disconnected because the government has become that wedge. But we also have the government talking our younger couples out of having children. I don't think they can have children if they do some of the things that our government's trying to talk them into. Well, teaching and mirroring virtues to children strengthens those virtues in us, while the responsibilities implicit in caring for others, our children, our aged parents, our friends act as leaven for greater maturity. We help children grow up and children do the same for us. The children we have raised and guided will keep us alive beyond the grave. If we have shared with them the best parts of ourselves, we will live in them and their descendants long after we are gone. This is a way to truly love the next generation. Truly love, yeah. Provide them with generational wisdom, and they provide you with patience as you help prepare them for the future. Or they care for you if you are the patient. Or they care for you in your aged years. But now, you know, we just want to, like apartment complexes, I was told by someone, I thought it was just interesting. They didn't want to live in an apartment. They wanted to live in a home because family, you know, home is where the heart is and homes have families in them. Apartments have families too, but man, apartments have such high crime rates and they're like human filing cabinets. So we have human filing cabinets for our elderly too. And oftentimes there isn't people to care for them. And and it makes sense to have retirement communities and sometimes elderly people that uh, choose that. That's great. But what we've done, especially with the destruction of social security and the destruction of how our government repays those citizens that funded it very well through their working years is that they leave them impoverished and put them in little human filing cabinets that are even smaller than the ones you have to pay way too much rent for as a worker in the population. Stealing the American dream, generational wealth through home ownership. It's uh, starting to be a thing of the past. And, you know, we're, we're not just destroying the future for these students in school-based health clinics and K-12 schools and trying to convince them of all sorts of different things that doesn't create uh, human traditional families because you can't have those if you change your anatomy and you take certain prescriptions to stop puberty. But that's where they're taking us. I mean, we talked about that with the inclusivity bills that the Washington legislature is putting out. But now, you know... K-12 is not enough. We got to start convincing these kids with mental health at an even a younger age, don't we? Yeah. Infants and toddlers need mental health support too. And this is a spokesman review article. This is not some radical content provider. It's a spokesman review article talking about what? Talking about mental health for infants and toddlers. Every parent and caregiver of a young child has been there for some big toddler emotions and behaviors that challenge even the most patient of us. But some kids show more frequent or persistent behaviors, signaling that mental health needs to be more directly addressed. We can rely on early learning educators to help guide them through it. And Washington has a statewide program to support the child care providers teaching our children emotional skills. Infants and toddlers, yes, they need psychiatrists in every child care facility. So I understand that toddlers have tantrums. I kind of see that politicians have tantrums too if they don't get their own way. But th- this is getting really absurd. I, I, I get that we have child tax credits that were increased, you know, for parents to help them with the cost of, of rearing children. 
We obviously have uh, WIC programs. We have lots of other government-subsidized programs for low-income families to help them while they're raising their children, you know, to afford rent, to afford all sorts of different things, transportation. But now we're going to be funding. Now, I know, I understand through Apple Health, which is the state-funded healthcare system for low-income children and families, families can access mental health services through numerous avenues through our state health care programs but now we're going to be putting psychologists and mental health people into our child cares where parents might not be aware of the psychological treatments or counseling that their children are receiving in state licensed child care well this is a new company Oh, it's a company. A oh. consultation company. Yep. The Holding Hope Infant and Early Childhood Mental Health Consultation Program provides free mental health consultation to licensed child care providers in Washington. Now, how do they provide free? So it's a company. It's a corporation that provides free mental health services in child care programs. They must be getting government grants to... I don't know. It sounds like subvert parents in healthcare decisions for their youngest children. Well, maybe. As one of the mental health consultants, they work with local child care programs and teachers building their mental health resources, alleviating the pressures of managing mental health in kids and leaving providers in our community with new skills and capabilities in their toolbox for the future. They also work with families of young children to support them in understanding their child's behavior and needs and making referrals to other community services. Unfortunately, right now, there is only 15 infant and early childhood mental health consultants available through Holding Hope statewide, which means there is one consultant to every 12,000 children in child care. The current team of consultants can only work with 2% of licensed child care providers at a time. And there is a long wait list for this program and it's only growing. So, so we need I'm another couple hundred million out. dollars for, we need a couple hundred million dollars for these psychologists, these mental health professionals to work with children in child care facilities. Well, that's what they're going to ask for. But folks, you know, Tim and Shannon have been on the forefront of a lot of the early learning things that have been coming for many, many, many years. And this right here is just the opening to the same thing that we see, I believe it's in Denmark and in Sweden, where when your child is born, they are assigned a consultant or a social worker or a caseworker that follows them through out the birth to what is it, P23 system now? This is, just an, this is just another step closer to where we're going to need to ask lawmakers to make sure that when we have children or grandchildren that the state allows us visitation. Anyways, we're going to take a break, a mental health break, I think it will be. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are only on the air and podcast because you support this program. You, the listeners, we are listener supported. Keep us on the air to keep all these interviews and shows going. Please go to rightspokaneperspective.com. There's a donate button there. Or you can send your donation to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, PO Box 7620-99207. Thanks and back to the show. And welcome Back to Right Spokane Perspective on For the Love of Children this Friday. 
man, I don't think our state loves the children. I think the state just wants to control our children and they want to tax the daylights out of all of us to where every citizen that's not on fully subsidized programs is going to have to work three jobs so that we can fund, you know, the drug addicts. We can fund all the welfare programs to help support the drug addicts. We need to fund all the programs for the people that don't want to work. We got to fund all the programs for the programs that supposedly are going to help us down the road. Plus we have to fund mental health institutions for infants and toddlers in our child cares. Yes. As we went off into the break, that's what we were talking about is mental health for infants and toddlers. You know, I think children need lots of support when they're learning and growing, but I just don't think that having healthcare professionals, mental health professionals in child cares is going to solve the drug epidemic. It's not going to solve the ills that we're seeing with children, teens involved in crime. I think it's just more money. It's just more another special interest group that can ask for government taxation, government revenue to grow so that their public-private partnership this new fascist style of government we have where everything under the sun, like we talked about every corporation, all these developers that are doing low income housing, Kaiser aluminum needs government subsidies where everybody's on the government dole, even the mental health workers for infants and toddlers. I just can't believe it. Anyways, we got a little bit more on that one before we get to the next topic. Maybe just a little bit. It says Washington state has built a strong foundation to solve the crisis, but needs to take, keep taking big steps forward now as one piece to strengthen the childcare system and support the workforce. The state legislature should take up the investments in infant and early childhood mental health consulting currently in the house's proposed budget. There's currently a long wait list of a hundred childcare providers for this support from providers across the state and additional well, no, wait, funding so there's, there's could only- add enough consultants to make sure that those on the waiting list for support can get it. So there's already funding coming from somewhere for them to have 15 consultants. And, and there's already th- a bill on the floor or in the house asking for more, asking yes. for more. So they need more money. I just don't know if the citizenry is behind this kind of involvement of government down to children birth age. There's so many government pro we already have Apple health programs. Children already have access and families already have access to counselors and doctors and doctors and, and mental health access through the government healthcare system. I, I, I'm not understanding. And of course that system is begging for more money because they say they don't have enough money. So now we have enough money for consultants for toddlers and infants in childcare. Unreal. You know, part of that consultant's job is to, you know, help the parents understand that, you know, they just don't have to do certain things. So the next article we have is why does being a parent have to involve so much paperwork? Now, I thought what was precious about this spokesman review inside the paper there that these two articles were right next to each other. Because, yes, they are. You know, you think about this. What's the name of the article again? Why does being a parent have to involve so much paperwork? So you just think about yourself for a second. Think about yourself. You know, you used to go to the doctor's office. It was your family doctor. Maybe once a year you filled out a form, you know, giving him HIPAA. Yep. Give, well, Sign HIPAA or, or giving him access to, you know, your documents and, you know, signing off on you're my healthcare provider so you can bill my insurance, whatever. Right. 
Now it's like every other time you go to the doctor or dentist, you got to fill out this packet of forms, permissions for this, permissions for that. How many times do I have to write my address on this paperwork? Now, I don't know. I don't know how the illegal aliens are coming into our state and doing their paperwork if they can't read and write or use the language or uh, obviously that's a huge thing that we're paying for because somebody's doing the paperwork for them. But how many times just for yourself, do you have to write down your address, who your employer is and what your insurance is? It's like form after form after form. And I know that that's all about government regulation. You can't just fill out one form for the doctor or the dentist. Now you got all these forms and sign this and sign that. It's like, it's more confusing to go to the doctor after not going there for a little while. You got to fill out all these forms. Used to be able to buy a house easier than that. You know, it seems like, and more and more you look at it you've got your children and a shannon i've watched you do this with the kids for a long time you used to just have a permission slip at the school you had some pretty simple things and now there's just a plethora of paperwork and like all these corporations we talked about it all the government subsidy programs so these child care providers that want this mental health consultant there's going to be a bunch of paperwork for that so the cost of child care, a lot of it has to do with government regulatory paperwork, administrative costs. We see that in the public school system. We see that in the healthcare system, administrative, administrative, administrative. You're like, I spent more time filling out paperwork than I got to the talk to the doctor. I talked to the doctor for 15 minutes. It took me 20 minutes just to go through all the paperwork and the processes with checking in and all this other stuff. So you got that times however many kids you have, right? The children you have. And now you've got children that are accessing health care in government facilities without parents' involvement. How much paperwork does that include? Anyhow, what else does the article uh, lay out for paperwork for parents? Well, obviously that doesn't include enough paperwork because a parent should have the ultimate right to know what kind of care their child is receiving. Yeah, you don't sign off on the government providing health care for your child because the government took your right away as a parent and it's the government that's signing off on it. And I'm sure that all their contractors have lots of paperwork. So maybe a small portion of the money that's supposedly helping your child is actually getting to your child because of the cost of administrative paperwork. Yeah. Well, but this is paperwork for parents. Paperwork for parents. There are many parts of parenting for which it's impossible to prepare. Be it the first late night trip to the urgent care with a miserable, feverish toddler or a big question about sex or death asked at an inopportune moment. But perhaps the most mundanely irritating of these surprises is the vast amount of paperwork that follows children, like Pigpen's unrelenting cloud of dust. These drifts of paperwork begin accumulating even before babies arrive in the world when working parents figure out how to cover time off with a newborn. Those lucky enough to have access to paid leave have to document their eligibility and figure out how employer benefits interact with state offerings. It is a ton of paperwork for working parents. If they don't have someone that's a stay-at-home parent, they're both working one or two jobs. They've got you know, these WIC programs, they've got all these programs because, of course, their employer's not going to pay them enough money to cover the cost of inflation because of bad government policy. And, of course, the government has to subsidize everything under the sun, like caseworkers for toddlers, you know, yeah, psychologists well, for infants. It says sometimes paperwork can almost seem to be an intentional barrier. Take the purging of Medicaid rules as the COVID-19 public health emergency came to an end. 
Uh, Joan Elker, the executive director of Georgetown's University's Children and Families Center, estimates that as many as 71% of the people who have lost coverage so far had done so because of troubling, having trouble navigating the re-enrollment processes. While millions of children have lost their Medicaid coverage, Elker and her colleagues found that as of December, fewer than 200,000 of them, or just 8%, had found their way to their state's children health insurance programs. So a lot of the paperwork that they're talking about here actually has to do with government help. And so people end up in this cycle of constantly doing paperwork for subsidy programs. So obviously there's a lot less paperwork for those people that don't have to rely on subsidy programs, but they're creating an environment where more and more people rely on government subsidies like large corporations everybody's at the trough of government and even if the amount of paperwork and administrative costs for a company or a family doesn't fully cover the administrative costs sometimes uh in the long run you're getting more money and more incentives and it's just it's such a mess our government has become all-encompassing we should be resisting this. We need elected officials to, to look at these institutions that they're funding and, and are they really helping? Or are we just creating jobs? I think that we have all sorts of different manufacturing that we could do. We could bring jobs back to the United States. We could put people to work where there's help wanted signs, but the government just creates more and more and more jobs through public private partnerships or nonprofits and I don't see our culture increasing its viability. I don't see the culture increasing the capabilities of individual uh, children, students coming out of our education systems. They seem less effective, less efficient, less skilled for jobs, less skilled for life. But they're going to probably put more paperwork on any of those things if we you know, demand freedom because you're going to have to have a freedom form. They do. The problem affects kids even into their college years. After the federal government introduced a new version of the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, or FAFSA form, this past year, the number of submissions fell by far more than half. Glitches and delays are now slowing aid offers to students, and unless schools push back their deadlines, some families might have to make enrollment decisions without knowing what the schools intend to charge them. Well, I thought Biden was uh, canceling a bunch of student loan debt. So, I mean, you'd think more people would be enrolling with word of the Biden administration unilaterally uh, funding, you know, college debt reimbursement or whatever the, the case may be. And that's the more and more government gets involved, the less efficient things get. You know, the state-run university system got more and more and more and more expensive. We've got more curricula now in high schools and you know middle schools, probably in daycares now too, but in universities that don't prepare people for the workforce. It just prepares them for political narratives where they're the victim, where a lot of folks in university, the only job they're going to be able to find in gender studies would be to look at the university to expand their gender studies department so they have a job. It, and that is where our government is going. And of course, in the previous article, you were talking about the lack of population growth. And we're seeing lots of countries struggling with this. 
but we're pushing on our children the gloom and doom of there is no future for you. We're overpopulated. Uh, you need to, you know, find that 15 minute city that you want to live in, find a job if you can have one or just get on government subsidies, subsidies programs and live in that human filing cabinet. Oh, I mean, apartment for the rest of your life. And that's all you're going to get because you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Remember, Shannon, we'll own nothing and we'll be happy. Yeah. But there'll be lots of paperwork because you're going to have a caseworker from birth. And then, of course, you know, you got to have the paperwork to get into housing programs, paperwork for the welfare, paperwork for Medicaid, Medicare, the doctor's offices. It's endless. And now you got the state government creating all these other paperwork problems for the businesses that you work for, you know, mandatory programs that we're going to see an initiative on the ballot this year for, like not just the Family Leave Act, but there was the the new one about the long-term care act, right? That really a lot of people aren't going to be able to use. It's such a small amount of money, but everyone's going to have to pay in, but it's another payroll tax that the employers have to deal with. It's another tax that comes out of your paycheck, but there's more because the legislature's got more in store for us on what they're going to take out of people's paychecks and what they're going to demand from small businesses, which is more paperwork, but we don't have enough time today to cover that story. So you'll have to come back on Monday on how you're going to be asked to save more and you're going to hand that savings to the government. Anyways, we're out of time for today. We'll see you folks again on Monday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.